Ladies and gentlemen, this is Killing the Business Wrestling Podcast, and this is your main event of the afternoon with the 60-minute time limit. The man in charge this episode is your host, the limited edition Vic Muscat. Today, we are going to... I've always talked about, you know, I've been watching wrestling promotions outside of the whole WWE, AEW nonsense realm. OVW's caught my radar. Also, SWE Fury has as well. And with us today is someone that's from, from SEW Fury Wrestling, the real deal, Noby Bryant. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. How about you? Very well, thank you. Now you also have Japanese wrestling experience as well. Yeah, I went to uh, I went to all Japan. I, went, I traveled with all Japan. I worked over there for about two and a half months. How was how was that? Oh, it was awesome, man. It, I can tell you right now, it's night and day from uh, American style wrestling. I can see that because American style wrestling, not anything disrespecting you know, American wrestling, but it's just like international wrestling seems more. It just feels like more legit, like more yeah. like, like no for nonsense. Sure. No nonsense, for sure. Like um, I was watching, I went to a show last week. I was off wrestling just to go, just go check it out. And they was doing so much in the ring. I'm like, when I was in Japan, we probably did 10% of all that and got over. <laughs> Sometimes you guys, they just do too much, man. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's night and day from American wrestling over in Japan. It's awesome. You do have an impressive resume of championships and accomplishments. Uh, NWA Texas Tag Team Champion on two occasions, a PCW Heavyweight Champion, PCW Television Champion, and a PCW Tag Team. You just pretty much rule PCW, don't you? Yeah, I was a king. I was a man over at PCW, man. Uh, speaking of PCW, you want to hear the backstory to that? Sure. Okay, um, well, I'm from a small town called Cleveland, Texas, and from where PCW was running in their home base, they was running in a parking lot of a, a mall. It used to be an old movie theater. So they fixed it up, they pimped it out really good with nice Titantron screens and everything, lights and cameras and all that good stuff. So they were, they were on TV, so I was sitting at home one night you know, just flipping through the channels, and I saw wrestling on TV. I'm like, what's this? You know, I'm checking it out. This is back in my early days. I was only probably been wrestling two, maybe three years. And they was on TV, Channel 21. Well, when the show was over with, they was like, join us right here in Arlington, Texas. And I'm like, Arlington, Texas? That's only 30 minutes from where I live. So the very next week, drove up there, caught the show live. And I was like, man, I have to be on this show. You know, I'm watching, every, I'm watching everyone work. The guys look great. They're all jacked up. And everything had professional looking gear on, which at that time I still needed to, you know, step my gear game up. So uh, I came back to the following week, talked to some guys, and they told me that their TV shows is on Saturday nights, but on Friday night, Friday nights they're uncut shows where they just bring in local talents and kind of, you know, uh, polish them up to get them ready for the TV show. And I was like, yeah, I'll be interested in doing it. I'll do it for free. I just want to get on that TV show to get more exposure. You know, so uh, they brought me in. I had my first match there. They liked they liked me. They thought I had a lot of talent. So for, for about two years straight, I wrestled eight times a month, every Friday and every Saturday. 
And then when I got full time on the Saturday show, I mean, I just took off and I just went out there and did me and, you know, got myself over without, without the, uh, the pencil doing it. And, um, Hey, I just, like I said, I was a man at PCW. I held every title there and that's a lot of big names there too. You've been in the, in the industry for roughly about 20 years, haven't you? Yes, sir. How would you describe your career in one word? Uh, average. Why would you say that? Because I have I have high standards, and I feel I feel that I should have been in the WWE at least six years ago. At least six years ago, I should have been there, and I have yet to get there. But I have traveled the world, wrestled a lot of great guys, big names, been in a lot of good places. But I haven't been to my ultimate, uh, haven't reached my ultimate goal quite yet. So to me, it's average. Even what people say about the WWE now and how it's evolving, you still want to be part of that promotion? I don't care what other people say. You know, as a kid growing up, that was my ultimate goal. You know, I was a big fan of like Hogan and Savage and Warrior and Brett and Sean and Taker and all those good guys. And uh, like, that's where I wanted to be. To me, I still feel the WWE is the number one wrestling company in the world. So regardless of uh, what people don't like the product right now, they might say, well, the attitude area is better and all that stuff. Yeah, whatever. But WWE is still the number one wrestling company in the world. And that's where I want to be. I want to be on that stage. I want to walk down that ramp someday, late March, early April, and say I was a part of WrestleMania. I had a match there. That's what I want. And there's nothing bigger than that. That's respectful. That's definitely respectful from that point of view. Um, I lost my thought because I didn't expect you to be a WWE guy. I'm not a WWE guy. I, I love WWE when it was like the Attitude Era. It just involved in something more entertainment than wrestling. And I love the, the wrestling part. I mean, I get like guys like you on the show because you guys put the grind in. You put the hard work in. WWE is more of a, to me, I, mean, I don't know anything behind the scenes other than what I see on social media. It's yeah. more of a, it's not know who you know, but who you blow type promotion. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I never. I mean, I only been an extra there a few times, but so I don't. I've never signed. I, I don't know what goes on backstage and all that good stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, what do you in WWE? What AEW, TNA, or not TNA? Impact or New Japan, whatever. At the end of the day, we're all performers. We're all going to grind. We're all going to go out there and, and uh, put on the best match we can for the fans, no matter which company you're in. But to me, you know, WWE is just number one for now. I mean, I was a WCW guy, too, back in the day. Uh, no, I was a big WCW guy. But since they're gone, it, it leaves me no option. WWE is number one. But don't get me wrong when I say this. Now, if AEW call me tomorrow and want me to come to Jacksonville, my butt's on the plane. I'm heading to Jacksonville. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, if I had to sit down and have a press conference and you got Mr. McMahon sitting here, Tony Khan sitting here, Scott Demore sitting here from Impact, and they all want me to sign, like, you know, like I'm about to, um, like I'm about to sign, I'm going to pick Vince McMahon, WWE, and go there for that route. And it's crazy because I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends right now to this day 
who are in WWE, who's in AEW, who's in New Japan. I have a few over in all Japan. I have them everywhere. And, you know, some of them had a good little run. Some of them didn't. I mean, it all depends on you getting yourself over. And I try to tell a lot of these young guys, I've been on a show, I'm like, you guys are indie workers. You have an indie mindset when I put y'all matches together. I said, if you were smart, you need to start working like if you're on TV. That's what's going to get you there. In, in case when you do get there, you'll just dive right in. Instead of stumbling in, you just dive right in, you off and run. Some guys, they it's hard for them to adjust from going from an indie-style wrestler to a TV-style wrestler. I'm a TV-style wrestler, you know? I have no problem getting my stuff over in six, eight, or ten minutes. I know what I'm doing. Some guys say eight minutes is not enough. It's not enough time. Well, because you want to do 50 million things which you win when you don't have to. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, WWE is number one for me, and if I had a choice, that's where I'll be. No, I like to, I like your point of view about how you were a, like a big fan when you were a kid and you just want to hit those goals, your childhood goals. I do like that. Maybe you, maybe you can breathe some, breathe some life in the WWE and make it great again. Oh, maybe, I don't know. Who knows, man? I just, you know, it's all, it's all about getting the opportunity, man. Give me the opportunity and let me, you know, give me the ball, let me run with it. Let me see what I can do. Because the funny thing is, I tell people all the time. Well, I don't tell people. People tell me all the time. And they ask me all the time. It, no matter what city I'm in, what state, what country, part of the country, whatever, they all say, they always say, Noby, man, how do you do it? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how, like, how do you get over everywhere you go? These people don't know you, but they love you. They're screaming, they're yelling, they're cheering, they're shouting the whole entire time. I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. Because I'm, I'm an ultimate baby face. Everywhere I go, I'm a baby face. And you can't make people like you. You know what I mean? It's not like you here's a hundred bucks like me, cheer for me. You know, no, either they're gonna like you or they don't. And I'm telling you, man, trust me when I say this, everywhere I go, man, they go crazy. And to me, to me, if I can go out there and entertain people without killing myself, waking up the next morning without, you know, being all stiff and sore and hurt, you made it. That's what it's all about as a performer to me as a performer to me that's what it's all about it's entertaining people having a good time having a good match where it's believable but still i can wake up the next day play with the kids you know go do something else or whatever without being in pain i've been doing this for almost 22 years no broken bones no concussions no no nothing well i'm gonna knock on i'm gonna knock on wood but no nothing you know i, I just i find other ways to get myself over and have a really good match. Like, I don't try to go out and have a WrestleMania moment every single show, you know? I, I, I just go out there, put a good match together. Like I said, I'm an old school guy. So to me, wrestling is all about storytelling when it comes to wrestling, my, my point of view of it. It's about storytelling, man. You know, grabbing the people's attention, you know, messing with their emotions, taking them on a little roller coaster ride and sending them home happy, whether you lose or, you know, take the dive or go over, whatever. Just, you know, keep it simple and go out there, make it look legit and tell a good story and people will be happy. You ain't got to kill yourself. Do you prefer being a baby face or do you like to be a heel sometimes? Um, right now, I prefer being a baby face. Um, back when I first started, maybe the first four, five, six years, I was a heel. And people tell me all the time, man, you're really good at it. You should go back to being a heel. Yeah, that's cool. But I like being a baby face. Um, being a heel is a lot of work. 
<laughs> it's a lot of work, man. Like, man, cause you know, you're pounding on the guy, you're beating him down, and then he makes his comeback, so you're bumping all around the ring for him. And then, you know, you interact with the fans, you know, getting some heat, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a lot of work. Being a baby face, all you gotta do is go to the gym, look the part of a professional wrestler, invest in your gear and have charisma. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need, and you're good. So yeah, I, I'll take a baby face over here any day. If Vince McMahon or Tony Khan sat you down and asked you, what makes you different from anyone else that we sign? What would your answer be? That's a great question. What makes me different from anywhere else, anyone else that, that I see? Um, hmm, that's a good question. What makes me different from anyone, anyone else? Um, I'll have to say... There we go. Sorry about that. Someone called no problem. <laughs> Can you ask that question again, please? Oh, sure. What, what, if Tony Khan and Vince McMahon or any other billionaire with a promotion sits you down and says, what makes you different for anyone else that we can sign right now? Hmm. The fact that I have no shame to say that I am very coachable. That will make me different. I'm very coachable, meaning that no matter which route or what you want me to do, I can do it and I can pull it off and I can make us both money. That's, hey, that's the bottom line, making money, right? Making money. But you got to be coachable, though. You got to be coachable. You got to put your pride aside. I don't, I don't want to give you something they offer you something you take it you run with it you, you do your best you can be coachable bro and just you know trust the system and triple h was the one that said when he was um the game that you're never a teacher of the game you're always a student you're always yeah. learning time and when you finally say hey i learned i learned it all i am like the God of professional wrestling, don't need anyone else to push me or help me. Right there, you should quit. Would you agree with that remark? Or I kind of had trouble hearing that last part. It's like once you say, once you say to yourself, you know what, I don't need anyone else. I don't need anyone to teach me anything. You know, I'm good. That's when you need to hang it up because you have to be coachable. You always have to be a student of the game. Absolutely, absolutely. Every day, 100%, you have to be a student. That's, you're, you would never learn everything about pro wrestling, ever. It's endless. It is endless. No matter where I go. To, I even learn stuff from guys who've been in the business two years. I sit and watch. Like, like my wife always tell me, she goes, are you going to watch uh, wrestling or something? like, no, I'm not really watching wrestling. I'm studying wrestling. Like, I won't just sit there and just watch wrestling for moves or all that, or spots. No, no. I study every little detail about wrestling, whether it's promos or working the camera or inference or ring awareness or the way I'm moving. Every little thing, I break everything down. Everything down. And when I see other guys doing something, I see it, it bothers me. Like, oh, I just want to pull them aside and be like, you can't do that. You know, you're always learning. You have to, like, be open to learn 
like as much as you can. Cause like I say, it's endless, man. God's been doing this 30, 40 years, and they still be learning stuff. You know, I'm sure that stuff Rick Flair and Hogan them still teaching to this day, you know, still learning to this day. And, and they don't even wrestle anymore. You know what I mean? It, it never ends. And Triple H is absolutely right, man. It does, you have to be a student of the game all the time, 24 seven in this business. What would you say is the most important lesson that you've learned in your career? The most important thing? Yeah. Man, it's a couple, oh man. That's a tough one right there when, I think, when you say the most important thing, because I have a couple of things. Um, you think like tough, or whatever. Yeah, I'll give, you, I'll give you a few things. Like for beginners. Keep your mouth shut, your ears open. Two, like I said, mentioned a while ago, you have to be coachable. Three, you have to have the heart and the passion for this. You know? Four, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna do it, give it 110%. No, don't go in 80%, 90%. Don't care if it's 30 people in the crowd. Give it 110%. You know, this is what you do, this is what you love, this is what you're passionate about. There's just so much more, man. I can go on and on about that. <laughs> What's your favorite one of your, your favorite memories as a professional wrestling in your long career? Of my, of me wrestling or seeing wrestling on TV? In your career, like in the ring. Um, I had a moment back in 2007 at PCW. Um, I was fortunate to be in the ring with Deion Sanders. And we had a, a unscripted promo. And we went out there for about eight minutes and went back and forward. He fed off me, I fed off of him, and we had that place rocking. That that little promo right there could have been the main event and people were went home happy. It was awesome, man. I think that's one of my moments, you know, I, I won't ever forget about being out there. I was nervous at first, but when I got out there, I walked to that curtain, I got out there, man. Shoot, as soon as I was listening to Dion say his little thing, what he was going to say, and then I fired back, and when I knew I had that crowd in my hand, it was a wrap. Dion, Dion and I, we just went back and forth, so that was a good moment for me. You can find that on YouTube, too. I have to, actually. That sounds pretty kick-ass, actually. Actually, in, actually, in that night, that same night, right after Dion and I got done with our little promo, uh, I wrestled, I wrestled, and I beat the... Um, uh, Lance Hoyt, Lance Archer. That's not an easy task. That, that's a big dude. Yeah, that's a big dude. And let's see, we probably wrestled each other about eh, 10 or 15 different times. And, you know, I, I can count a couple of wins on my hands. <laughs> there you go. When you first wrestled him, did you look up and like, oh, what the hell did I get myself into? Not at all, because I was very confident in my ability to wrestle. By the time I wrestled him, I already been in the business about five or six years, and I was very confident. At that time, I wrestled um, Carlito, Carlito's brother. I've been in the ring with Sabu, Charlie Hoss. So I already been in the ring with some names already. So Lance, he was on his, at that point, I think Lance was in uh, TNA at that point. So to me, it was just like another guy. Yeah. I mean you have a resume of people you fought. Like impressive yeah. resume. That's not bad. No. So is there something about the industry that you've always wanted to know, but never asked? Ah, oh, um, that's another great question. Um, 
the answer to that right off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, that's why there's so much meat still on the bone. That's why I have to get to one of these big companies to know, to, to know this stuff, to learn these things. Because, you know, by just sitting here, I mean, yeah, I talk to other guys around, but I try not to, like, bother people, you know? Like uh, like Sammy, Sammy Garabra in uh, AEW, you know, I wrestled him, man, so many times before he was signed. And then when he gets signed, I see him every once in a while when we are running to each other on shows and everything. And I just hate to be the guy who pulls him aside and start bugging him and, you know, trying to ask him questions about, you know, things, how things are going over there. I'm like, man, I just want to get there myself so I can see and, 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 and learn myself without having to bother somebody. I'm real big on that, like bothering people. So, yeah, like I, I just have to, I don't know, man. Someone needs to snatch me up and sign me so I can learn those things and I, I can come back with a better answer for you. As you watch WWE and AEW and all that stuff, what do you think professional wrestling needs to stop doing and need to start doing for the fans? <sighs> um, to be honest with you, I, I really don't watch AEW. I really don't watch WWE. I really don't watch any wrestling today. And I'll tell you why. It's not the deal. What's that? It's not the real deal. That's what. If it was the real, if, you, if they had the real deal, then it'd be different. But it's not the real deal. So sorry, guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I just feel like today's wrestling, like I was saying earlier, like people they do so much. Um, I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown or any WWE pay per view, current pay per view in a long time, or same with AEW. Now AEW, like I said, I got a lot of friends at both companies, so. I watch some highlights and some just kind of, you know, peek in. But as far as sitting down for two hours watching the show, I haven't done it in years. I, um, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say I don't like today's product. It just, it does nothing for me. So I get my remote control. I go to Peacock and I watch all the old stuff from the 80s all the way up to mid 2000. That's my kind of wrestling right there. Yeah, that's so, the good old days. That's, that's the good stuff, man. And uh, I was just talking to a guy last night at a show uh, down in College Station at Lions Pride. I was telling them, like, right now, I'm currently watching all the Saturday night main events. And I think the first one started, I think it was in 85, I think it was. And back then, they had seasons. So every every two or three months, they have a you know, main event. And I've been watching all of them. And the reason why I do that I watched those to see how did they how did they do it back then? How did those guys get themselves over without doing all out of the dangerous moves you see today? And like I said, I've been doing it for 20 years, 22, almost 22 years. I'm 38 now. I started when I was 16. And like I say, I haven't had any major injuries, anything like that. So I want to learn. I watch that kind of wrestling. I want to learn how to get myself over and how to connect with the crowd because that's what it's all about. I don't care who you are. If you're a smart businessman, you're a wrestling promoter, and say, if you didn't like me, but you booked me on your show because you see that I have a connection with your crowd and people are coming, putting butts in the seat, we don't have to have a good relationship. And that promoter's still going to book you because he sees what you're doing for him and hopefully he can you know, do the same for you. It's a win-win for both of you guys. So I watch old wrestling just to learn, man, why was Hogan so light? He didn't do anything fancy or anything. No, he, he, he went to the gym, of course. You know, he had great promos, but his wrestling was eh, average. 
Could you say average or below average? Yeah. Yeah, below average, average. But the yeah. people love him. They, lo they love him. And Vince made him the face of the company. And I'm sure that, ho that whole locker room, I'm sure there was other guys in there who were better workers. And there were better workers and better performers. But he was the chosen one because of the connection with the crowd. So I study stuff like that. That's why I watch those main event shows. I want to learn how to get over and connect with that crowd and do what I do. I'm a pretty athletic guy. But do what I do, but without overdoing it. That's where, you know, keep me going for another five or 10 years. But, that, but yeah, that's what I do, man. I watch the old school wrestling. That right there, I feel I learned so much more from watching that, from spelling, from um, having charisma, from just the whole nine, from that style of wrestling. Today's wrestling, it's okay, but it's just not for me. Is that Cowboys banner on you all? Yes, right here. I'm a Cowboys fan, man. I feel sorry for you. I, I, no, I don't feel sorry for me. We're going to the playoffs, and I can't wait. <laughs> so you make the playoffs. It's just what you do in the playoffs is going to be. That is true. That is true. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to run. We're going to see either Aaron Rodgers or Holla Mary or Matthew Stafford or Tom Brady. That's fine. It, it's, it is what it is. We, get, we got to get our offenses back on track, though. We, we've been kind of slacking lately. But our defense is coming around, so. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm a big Cowboy fan. And you must have been swearing at the TV yesterday. What's that? You must have been swearing at the TV yesterday when they played Washington. Not at all. I was not. I was not worried at all. I know at one point it was 24 to zero, and then we started doing some stupid stuff and let them back in the game. But I wasn't worried about it. I knew we were going to win it, so we're, we're all good. Yeah, we have. New England boy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we just beat you a couple, a couple of weeks ago. Hey, did. Thank you, for, thank you for, thank you, for, thank you for that twenty dollars I lost. Yeah. <laughs> now, now that I know, now that I know you're a New England fan, you guys are going to make the playoffs. No, no doubt about that. And I feel that you, you guys are really good enough to, to upset one of those two top seeds. I really do believe that. And I was telling my wife the other day, I was like, man, I hope the Colts get in. Because their defense is really good and they can run the ball. I'm telling you right now, New England, if the Colts get in, New England and the Colts are gonna upset two of those top seed guys. I can feel it and I know it. Yeah, New England. If it's if it's anyone around here saying it's gonna be a Tampa Bay, New England Super Bowl, and I'm like, if that's the case, it, it's rigged. The, the whole promotion's rigged. No way that both teams are as good, that good to play each other in the Super Bowl. There's no way. No, no way at all, man. They, hey, they had that little moment early in the season. They had their moment. That's it. No, I don't want to see New England in, in no, in Tom Brady, man. No, I'm sick of Tom Brady. <laughs> I know, you, I know you probably still be a fan of him. I know he left your team and all, and you might oh. still like him. No, really. He, left, he when you leave your team, he's an enemy. That's every player. Exactly. And people are just like, I get messages like, "Oh, Tom looks good to us." I was like. Yeah, nice first snap he fumbled. Oh, it was not his fault. And then, you know, the Buffalo made a comeback and forced over time. And I'm like, Tom Tom looks good now, doesn't he? I mean, I don't care if he made a comeback. Exactly, man. I, I, I tell people all the time, like, look, when you play for my Cowboys, hey, I'm behind you 100%. But once you leave and you ain't got that star on the side of your helmet no more, that's it. You gone. I don't care what you do. You know what I mean? 
I like that. That's a true fan right there. You cheer for your team, not your players. Yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I, I have respect for the Cowboys. I got respect for every team out there. It's just, I got to be a home homer, you know? Yeah, I get that. Of course. Of course. So you put 100% into everything you do in that ring. How much of that would you say was mental and how much you think of that 100% you think is physical? Hmm. I put 100% in both. If I, had to, if I only got 100%, I got to break it down. I'll say 50-50. But yeah, uh, everything I do, I lay it all on the line out there. Yeah, my body on the line, 100%. And then mental, like you ought to see me in the locker room about 10 minutes before I go out. And you know, I'm pacing around and I'm super focused. Super focused. I'm not nervous. I'm just super focused. I'm locked in because I'm a perfectionist and I want to perfect everything. I can see the match unfolding in my head. I can see how the match is unfolding in my head. I'll go through it in my head, what I want to do out there for the fans to see. And I'm a type of wrestler, like, I do things that I would want to see if I was the one sitting on the opposite side of the guardrail who paid it for a ticket. So I'm super laser focused when I walk through that curtain. And when I'm in there, I give it 110%. My body, my body, I'm there, you know? Do you think professional wrestling is more mental? Or physical, like mental health is more important than your physical health, or? Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, if I had to choose one, I'll say mental. There's times where I get really burnt out. It's not that I'm beat up or anything. I just get burnt out being on the road, traveling, you know, you're on the road five, six, seven hours. You know, I want to sleep in my own bed. And then you're sitting there brainstorming about what you want to do tonight. It's, it takes a lot on you, man. I th- I'll have to say mental. A lot of people have been saying mental these these days as well. You know, also you have yeah. like the wrestlers that are, you know, taking their lives on top of it. It fuels the whole mental health fire. Yes, absolutely. So what do you think like guys like Vince McMahon, Tony Khan misunderstands about you the most? That's why they're not signing you. What what don't they understand about me the most? Yeah, what do you think they're missing out? Do they even know me? <laughs> um, what they missing out on me the most? Man, I, what do you think they mis- like misunderstand? Hmm, that's a, that's a good question. What do they? Um, I, I don't know. Um. Let's come back to that question. I have an answer for you in a second. Okay. What's your favorite insult that a fan has ever given you? Somebody once told me, do you know who Killer Tim Brooks is? Yes, I do. Well, he trained me. And he ran his own promotion. And I remember one day, Killer and I, we were having some words in the ring. This was back when I was a heel, so it's kind of my early days. We had words in the ring, and some lady, this is the first time I ever heard this, some lady told me, if, if 
I was five years younger and worked out, I'll come to that ring and I will beat you like a dusty old rug. <laughs> Don't that sound old school or what? Yeah, that sounds either old school or scripted. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. She said, she said, yeah, if I was five years younger and I worked out, I would come in that ring and beat you like a dusty old rug. I'm like, <laughs> oh, so that's how you clean your rugs at your house. You take them outside, hang them up on a clothes hanger and just beat them, beat the dust out of them. Well, that's cool. I have a vacuum cleaner, so I vacuum my stuff, but yeah. Uh, she said that, I was, like, I was like, that is so old school, but I like it, I dig it. That is so school. Different. That is a good one. Uh, but it sounds scripted, though. That's what it just, but still funny, you know, just the moment they said it. Yeah. Right. So if you weren't wrestling and there was no such thing as professional wrestling, what would you be doing? I'd probably be a firefighter. That was something I was always kind of into growing up as a kid, you know, with the fire trucks and stuff. You know, as a kid, you know, you on the fire trucks, they drive you around the neighborhood, and you pull the horns and all that kind of stuff. So I, kind of, I was kind of into that kind of thing. So if it wasn't for wrestling, I think I'd probably be, uh, yeah, putting out fires right now. That's that's a tough job, harder than professional wrestling. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> very dangerous, though. Very, very dangerous. Those guys, man, you got to get props to them, man. They, they put their lives on the line. They're trying to go out and save our lives, you know. Mm-hmm. So after your professional wrestling career is done, how would you like to be remembered? As a true professional. The true professional. If you want to say, man, Nobby Bryan, remember him 10, 15 years ago? Oh, man, he was so professional, easy to do business with, you know, never selfish. He, I really wish he could have made it to the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, what was that question you were going back on? I forgot uh, that question. <laughs> well, it must not be. That's all right. That's all right, yeah. It's, you dodged your boy. There you go. So, what, what do you see yourself in five years from now? Oh, five years from now? Um, five years from now, if I'm not signed, I'll see myself running my own promotion. I'm very passionate about that. Uh, something I always wanted to do. I remember, like, as a teenager, you know, growing up, like, for Christmas, I would ask for, like, a Nintendo 64. Remember that? Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, and, uh, you know, of course, I had to have the wrestling games. I had WrestleMania 2000, NWO versus WCW, in the, uh, WCW Revenge, and all those games. And I would, I would, like, book shows. I would take my notebook. And I will put on a nitro, a five match nitro show and a six match pay per view show. And I will play for hours and hours and tell stories with those, with my game. And also, I have about at least between 80 and 100 action figures. And I will do the same with my action figures, put on shows with them and do promos for each wrestling, changing my voice and all that good stuff and pyros and, and stuff. So I was like, you know what? As I got older, I was like, I want to put a show together because I get wrestling, I understand wrestling, and I think I know what wrestling fans will want to see. You know, so so maybe if I'm if I'm not signed, I'm pretty sure five years from now I'll be running my own promotion. Have you ever worked on the promotion? I'm asking the question right now. Don't worry about it. I'm asking the question. 
Have you ever worked with a promotion? <laughs> have you ever worked with a promotion that screwed, screwed you over in any way? I didn't pay you? Um, one time I have, yes. Um, it was, it was um, a guy by the name of David Wood, and he ran a show here in Texas called SWWA, I believe. And um, a couple of times he done this, where he'll book us on a show or give us a date, and then the day before the show, he canceled the show. Now, everybody on that show, we are scratching and clawing, trying to find you know, a replacement show. But well, the day before the show, it's too late. Everybody got their show booked up already. So, and then um, there was a time where we all went out, we wrestled, and then all of a sudden, well, guys, uh, it's a light gate. If you can see, no, that's bad business. You never should run a wrestling show if you don't have your funds before the crowd gets there. You never depend on the crowd. You have your funds before the show even starts. Whether you got five people who show up or 500 or 5,000, you already got the wrestlers' money. You can't expect people to wrestle for free. That's just so sorry. But yeah, I've been screwed over once or twice, but not too many times, though. Well, look how big you are. I mean, geez, I wouldn't want to screw you over. <laughs> so, you know, like, uh, if I got to travel out of state or if I know I'm driving, you know, six, seven hours, a lot of times I request half my money up front and then sure. the other half after I'm done wrestling. That's where, you know, I get half of it, and if he canceled the show, that's on him, you know. That screaming you heard. Yeah, those were fun. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. What's that? No, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, yeah, that's that's never that's never fun when you know you're scheduled to wrestle and you know you're building your whole planning your whole weekend around this show, and then either the show get canceled last second or six hours away, and then you wrestle, and then they don't pay you, and then you're not making no money. Then you get home, your wife's screaming at you, she's mad at you. And then you put malice on top of your car. And then on top of that, you pretty much took money after account just to drive to a, a whole new city and back just for just for fun of it. You know, it sucks. That screaming you heard earlier from my son. I bet you're looking forward to that with your daughter. This outburst of screaming out. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> like, hey! like, Jesus Christ. It's great before morning coffee. It really is. Uh, what time is it there? Right now it is 440. What's that? Almost, it's 440 right here. Oh, okay. It's like an hour back from where you are, right? Yeah, it's an hour back. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta remember about time zones. I really do have my mix appointments. I really do. But that's how's the weather? Oh, that's what the weather is. Cold. It's typical New England. This bunch of ice, not even snow. Oh man, that's crazy. Well, uh, here's about 75 degrees. People walking around with tank tops and flip flops on. So, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is our December. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for rubbing down my face. I appreciate that. Oh, anytime. I appreciate. <laughs> uh, so, tell us some of the upcoming events you have for yourself. Well, I just I just finished up uh, Lions Pride Sports, but for uh, the remaining of this year, I'm not gonna step back in the ring until January uh, 16th. I'm gonna take four weeks off because my wife's about to have you know our baby. Mm -hmm. 
I'm gonna take off for a month, but after that, uh, I have APW in Cleveland, Texas, which is my hometown. It's where I was born and raised. So I always enjoy going back there. Um, I don't go there too often, but when I do, it's always a good time. So I have APW uh, on January the 16th, and then I have King of Sports. King of Sports Wrestling out in um, Harris, Texas. They're, uh, they're like an old school. They remind me of uh, World Class, World Class Championship Wrestling. Very, very old school. You know, the baby faces come out to the ring. And then once we come out, they have the fans surround the ring. They, they want you to sign their autographs before you even get announced and all that good stuff. It's very old school, and I really like that. Um, after that, I'll be going out to Lubbock, Texas for uh, Square Circle Pro. I just started working for them about five, maybe six months ago. Pretty, it's going pretty good out there. You know, we got a lot of young guys. I got to coach them up, but it's pretty fun. Long drive. Um, I'm trying to make my way back down to Houston, Texas, because I want to go back down to Reality Wrestling, back down to where Booker T is. Mm -hmm. You heard of Reality Wrestling, right? Yes, I have. The promotion that Booker T owes. Yes. Great company, man. Really good locker room, some good talent down there. Booker, man, he's awesome. He's funny, too. Uh, I, you know what? I think Booker T is the one who really changed my style of wrestling. Because back when I was younger, you know, I did a lot of high-flying moves, a lot of high-flying unnecessary moves, unnecessary spots. And Booker pulled me aside. He goes, hey, kid, uh, no, you got a lot of talent and a lot of potential. And I don't think you need to do all that stuff. So he sat me down, he talked to me and broke down some of my stuff. And I brought I brought a DVD with me when I went down there. And we sat in the office, we watched it. And I'm a big fan of Booker T. You know, growing up, you know, I was a big fan of Harlem Heat. So um I can tell you the story about that here in a second. Um, but yeah, he we sat down, we watched uh my DVD I brought, and uh, I used his um his axe kit, the silver kit for my finisher, and I still do to this day. He told me, he go, man, you know, to be honest, you know, your super kick is better than mine. He said, if I was you, I would tweak a few little things that you do on your offense, and it's going to extend your career. And ever since we had that conversation, I changed the way I work. And now I'm going on 22 years, and I feel like I've only been wrestling maybe eight or nine. My body feels great. He was right. And he told me, he gave me some good advice. He goes, you know, if, if I was you, I'll save your body. Save your body because someone's going to sign you and snatch you up and you don't want to be broke down when you start making the real money. And he's right, you know? Yeah. So just in case, you know, just in case I got a shot at WWE, I don't want to just be there for one year because then I'm gone because my body's hurt so bad. I want to be there as long as I can, you know? He's right. But if you don't mind me telling you the story about uh, with Booker T and Harlem Heat and all that good stuff. Oh, please do. Um... Well, I ran into Stevie Ray uh, at a show. You know, I didn't know what to say to him. He was sitting there signing autographs and everything. And I was on the show and I'm looking around the locker room. And said, okay, cool. And I'm the only black guy on the show. So I know he's going to watch my match. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and he did. He watched my match and he pretty much almost told me the same thing his brother did. So growing up, I was like, man, my very first pair of wrestling boots, uh, I ordered from High Spots. And, um, I forgot the length of them. I want to say it's probably 18 inches high, maybe, maybe a little taller. 
but I put some flames on them, like Harlem Heat had on their trunks back in WCW and stuff. They were white boots. And man, I moved like Booker. I was I kind of stand there like him. I was real smooth. And uh I, I was real I was real happy about the, those boots and tights that I purchased from Hot Spot. Well, I'm driving home from a show one day. My car breaks down on the side of the highway. And I was only in party about 15 miles from being home. So it wasn't, you know, too big of a deal. I can call somebody to come get me. So they did. They came pick me up. And I was like, you know, I need to go to the house real quick and then come back and get my car. Cool. So I came back. Car still sitting there. They knocked my windows out. I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. Didn't care. Whatever. Longer, my wrestling bag is still there. I'm good. Pop the trunk, wrestling bag there. Cool. Didn't think to open a wrestling bag. Just got my bag and everything, went home. I get home, they stole my Booker T boots, man. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, what, what random person, what random person, what are you going to do with a pair of wrestling boots? You're just a random thief. What are you going to do with wrestling boots? You know? Oh, I was so mad, man. I, I told Booker that too. I told Booker, he's like, you know what, kid? Don't worry about that. Someday you're gonna be wrestling in front of thirty thousand people. You can buy a hundred boots if you want to. So, but I was so hurt, man. I was like, God, dog, you know, I'm struggling at this point. You know, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be a, a professional wrestler, and someone's gonna knock my window out and then go and steal my wrestling boots. Yeah, that's bush league right there. That's we. You're right. What do you think I do with wrestling boots? Exactly. You can't pawn them. You can't I mean, pawn. What are you gonna do? Yeah, it's, oh, probably, yeah. it's probably some drug user. I mean, they probably get stoned and put the boots on and wrestle their pillow thinking they're you. I don't like, know, man. It's just people are just sad. crazy. Sad, man. Eh, that is sad, bud. Look, look where you are today, though. You're about to ex- yeah. you're expecting a, a beautiful baby girl. Your career's doing well. Yeah, I have a lot going on now. No, we just um. We just got our our home built uh, last April here. I'm in, my, I'm in my garage right now. But um, yeah, we just got our home built last year, and most of our cars are paid off. I'm still, you know, I'm still rocking and rolling in the ring, like you said. Baby girls on our way, and everything's good here. The weather's great. <laughs> yeah, the weather's great. It's the holiday season. Can't get any better than that. Yeah, so it's all good. You know, Merry Christmas to them. Fifteen years ago, see a Merry Christmas to you. Taking my boots, and they're probably dead right now. But that's, that's who knows. I don't. I don't wish them ill will. I don't wish anyone ill will. But like breaking a car like that, stealing boots, that says desperation right there, and that says like they were on something. Yeah, I guess so. Who knows? So tell me, um, so do you attend wrestling shows up there in New England? I know How is it, the wrestling in New England. Wrestling in New England. If you want to drive an hour away. It's not bad. Uh, I tend to drive uh, three hours. I'm originally from this uh, Portland area in Portland, Maine. And they have a uh, limitless wrestling up there. And it's okay. like halfway growing. Uh, they had big names up there like Eddie Edwards. Um, that's the, that's the, probably the main, the big one around the area. But if you want to go south a little bit, you have Northeast Wrestling. They've gotten big names. They had they recently had MJF on one of their shows, and just a bunch of other smaller venues. But no, I mean I love independent wrestling compared to what you see on WWE and AEW, just because it's like 
I think a lot of people think wrestling's fake because he's watching on TV and the camera angles and the producer in the ear saying like, take, you know, don't make this friendly, family friendly. But when you go to an independent show and you see how the ring is put together and how thin the board is and how, how it's just like the whole thing just like shakes, you know, <laughs> sometimes. It's yeah. just, you, know, you have to watch, for you to be a believer, you have to see an independent show live. That's what I always tell people. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right about that. You know, that ring, the ring is not a trampoline for sure. I can tell you that. Oh, no. And I get that. I get asked that sometimes. Man, is that like falling on a trampoline? I'm like, no, not at all. Not at all. But yeah, you're right. I mean, independent shows are fun, but sometimes they get, sometimes they get real corny, man. And I'm, I'm just not with that corny stuff. Sometimes you can see some really corny stuff out there. And I get it. You know, wrestling is like a circus. You know, it's a little bit of everything. You know, you got a, you know, you got a bear, you got a freaking elephant. You know, you got a little bit of everything. It's a circus. Wrestling is. I get that. You know, you got something for everybody. I totally understand that. But I've been on shows where everything is just straight comedy. Just like, I can't get with that. That's just not who I am as a performer. You know, I'm not a stooge. Don't treat me like a still a free stooges guy. You know, that's supposed to be competing. You're supposed to be out here, you know, trying to win a, you know, a match, a fight. Let's make it look that way. You know, there's a place for your bushwhackers. You know, there's a place for, um, um, I guess, Red Rooster or whoever. But, you know, but at the end of the day, I, I, if I pay, you know, $20 ticket, I want to I wanna see two guys going there, you know, and have a real contest, you know, look legit. No, and actually have some size to you. Everybody can't be five, five, six, five, seven. I want to see some guys six, two, six, three, six, four. You know, some monsters in there. Look the part. No, I don't want to, like, when I go places, I tell people this. Like, try to stand out a little bit if you can. You know, I know, I know, I know working out, you know, it's not for everybody. I totally get that. I know that. But, you know, like, when I go to, say, Walmart, I go to Walmart or something, I walk in, I see these kids, they they look at me, they turn their heads, they're watching the whole way while I'm going out. And I can tell they want to talk to me or ask me something, but they're kind of afraid to. And then there's times where their parents be like, hey, uh, you know, are you a football player or or are you a fighter or something? I say, oh, you know, I'm a pro wrestler. Oh, okay, that explains it. Because, you know, I'm 6'2", I'm 232, you know, I'm not... I'm not super small. We watch sometimes you see some guys on AEW, they barely over the rope. So I know they're only about five, five, six, five, seven. You know? So it's like you can't help, you can't help if you that's you know that's how tall you are, you can't help that I get that. But you can put on some muscle to kind of look like you can throw somebody around. Yeah, it's all about optical illusion, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'll tell my guy uh Saturday night, like he wrestles, he kind of like humps over a little bit. Okay, bro, if you like Straighten up, stand your back up, you'll look three or four inches taller. You know, you want the fans looking up at you. You want to look larger than life when you're out there, you know? Oh, I know what you mean. It's all about, you know, playing the character and playing the character well for the sport. Yeah, but like you said, you know, any any wrestling, it's fun. It is. We have more freedom, for one. We have more freedom to go out there and do 
what we want and tell our story our way instead of being told, you know, uh, what to do and what to say. So I totally get that part of it. But at the end of the day, at this point in my career, I don't have no problem being told what to do or what to say as long as those checks are coming in. You know what I'm saying? That's where, I, that's where I'm at, you know? That's where I'm at. But back when I first started, I didn't care. You know, I, I did three shows. I traveled seven, eight hours away. I didn't care. I just wanted ring time and experience and all that kind of stuff. But now at this point in my career, you know, I'm about making some money. Don't blame you. Don't blame you at all. I mean, 20, yeah. 20 years, you deserve a good payday. Yeah. Not saying, not saying that you're not getting decently paid now, but like a solid guaranteed big check. Yeah, I want some. Yeah, I want guaranteed money, man. Yeah. So where can, um, where can my audience co uh, connect with you online? What's that? Where can my audience find you online? Oh, they can hit me up on uh, Facebook, uh, Noble D. Clark. You'll see I'm posing with my black jacket on, my Macho Man shades. Um, you can hit me up on uh, Instagram at uh, RD Noble Brian 83, or you can hit me up on Twitter too. Well, my man, you are definitely killing the business, I gotta say. Thank you very much for coming on. God bless you and your family for your. New newest edition coming very soon. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And happy holidays. Happy holidays, man. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And let's bring in 22 to two. And let's go out there and have a you know. Let's go. Let's go out there and start the new year off right. You know. And hey, keep an eye for me, man. I'm not done yet. I still believe there's a good chance you're gonna see me on Fox. <laughs> If you if if you're on Fox, even as another extra or something like that, a security guard, you know I'm gonna hit you up. Be like, buddy, you know, leave Hell me. And buddy, I'll, come on, buddy. I'm trying to tell you, just keep your eye open, man. I'm not I'm not done yet. I'm not giving up, man. I feel it's still what's gonna happen. I can I can feel it. It's gonna happen. Oh, absolutely. Well, please get into WWE and please save that promotion because, like I said, growing up. I remember it. I have fond memories like you do. It's just today, it's just, they, it lost its way. But I'm sure you'll be able to have them find their way again. Hey, I'm going to do my best, man. First, I wanted to have Paul or McMahon or Stephanie or Shane or Johnny Lilati, somebody to call me right here. Call me right now and have you fly me up to Connecticut. Let's get this done, man. Well, I wish you luck, my man. Thank you very much for coming All on. Right. And we'll definitely no keep problem, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Happy holidays, and we'll talk. Keep in touch. Yes, sir. All right. Take care, man. Later. Later.